AFL season opens tonight. Live coverage of a blockbuster at the G after 5 o'clock on ABC Local Radio. The Eagles travel to Brisbane. And on Sunday, the Dockers open up against the Western Bulldogs here at home. Delighted to be joined by Dockers coach Mark Harvey. Morning to you, Mark. Good morning. The prospect of Ben Cousins' return to footy tonight might not be the only reason for a sellout crowd at the G, but it does say something about his pulling power, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, I guess that's the unique part about Melbourne is that uh, when they when these big games are on, uh, they certainly uh, get big crowds to the, these type of games. And the added incentive in this particular game is the fact that it's Ben's first game and and Judd's playing for the opposition. So um, you know they uh, really rally. And I like to think that you know when we play our game on Sunday versus the Bulldogs, that we get forty odd thousand and and fill out our stadium over here. Yeah, I want to talk to you, as I did with John Warsfold, about turning Subiaco back into a house of pain in a moment. But if you were Terry Wallace or Brett Ratton tonight, how long would you want a Cousins-Judd match-up to last? Would you think if they did play on each other at one point, they'd nullify the other, or would you want to give them each a bit of room to, to move and have some greater influence on the game? Um, it depends on the coach. Uh, Interestingly, I would actually throw the challenge to uh, Ben or Judd to to go and take that particular uh, ex-teammate on. Uh, that's what I would do. Yeah. But having said that, you know, there is different roles that they need to play within their team structures. Um, so, uh, just once again, it just depends on the coach's mindset and from a team aspect what they need to do. But it would be great to see, I think, tonight, just to see these two champion players that have won a premiership together, just to to add to the intrigue of the game and, and the, you know, get the raw factor going from a crowd aspect. I mean, let's face it, it is a great game. We're putting on a game and uh, the crowd participation is what we'd love to see. You've really quietly gone about your business. You've neither dampened or inflamed any kind of expectations about finals aspirations. So what do you think fans might see on Sunday? I think what they'll see is the unknown factor about where we're at with our playing group. Um, now, uh, when you're trying to build a side, uh, you'll have your ebbs and flows. Um, but right at this particular stage, the start of the year, energy levels are high. Haven't got a lot of long injury list. Um, one of, with the inclusion of a couple of maybe newer players, uh, and perhaps even some of the experienced players playing in different positions. Uh, knowing that we've lost a lot of players through retirement last year and therefore them getting an opportunity to play in other positions where uh, you know the older players have left. Um, hopefully uh, you can see a young side that's really um, heading in the right direction. As you mentioned, you know, the Peter Bell, Sean McManus, the Cars, Jeffrey Farmer, it's hard to replace that experience, isn't it? But also you don't have those older players perhaps imposing themselves on a group the same way? Do things feel different? They do, because what happens is, um, whether we like it or not, players actually end tend to younger players once the sort of older players do move on, you find this, that the players that have been underneath these guys really start to express themselves a lot more, want to take over key positions in the side that have been left, um, and uh, you know, sometimes that actually can be an advantage mm. Uh, you, you work on your leadership programs and uh, you develop players in different aspects. Um, so what we're, what we're doing here at Fremantle is we're not going to get tried players from other clubs. We're going to the draft. We're getting young players. We're banking in our development, our systems, our structures, and hopefully that comes to the fore.
quicker than later. So privately, you're saying to those players, you're young, the opportunity is yours, express yourself. And yet you and everyone at the club is reticent to talk about hopes and aspirations and finals or the individual players who you think might make a real impact. Why is that? Is, is that because the club has had to choke on, on, on other occasions about making predictions? That, well, that today no one feels comfortable doing it? You don't want to put false expectations on yourself for a start. And I think some, sometimes clubs fall into that category too early in the season. It only takes one or two major injuries to key players and all of a sudden you're in big trouble. Um, to do it at this time of the year um, is always... What I would rather do is wait to see how the first half of the season evolves and then start to make the comment about where you're going to head in regards to the season. But just right at this very moment, I think what's happened to Fremantle in years gone by is they've placed, or the media have placed, huge expectations on them. And the minute something goes wrong, mm. um, they just want to take their legs from underneath them. Yeah, now that's a hard thing in a town like Perth. Is that Have you learnt to manage expectations outside of the club? It's a hard thing to do because I'm one with expectations, I suppose. But have yep. you managed to learn uh, learn how to, to deal with those expectations over time? You, do you feel better at it? Oh, I, I do. I think uh, a lot of the people that work and play for him are a lot, a lot better adverse with all that uh, and handling all those sort of questions. Because you often, you often look pretty tense. And there was, uh, understandably, you know, the responsibilities of the job and the serious, seriousness with which you take it seems clearly written on your face during a season. Um, yeah, well, is that going to yeah. ease off is it the longer you do the job, do you reckon? Yeah, well, you only see the coaching box persona. Yeah. Um, you probably don't see the, the ongoing throughout the, the week of a football club, and, and people in the public wouldn't see that either for that matter. I, I actually have... a I think a fairly good medium about being intense and being relaxed and then being able to get the message across and, and deliver. Um, so, yes, match day is a completely different story. Um, uh, the cameras tend to only put in or put you on when you've got that tense moment. <laughs> so it can be a little bit of a misconception at times. When is it it's most fun, Mark? It's most fun when you're sitting in the box <laughs> in the last quarter and you're up by a huge margin and you know that uh, defeat is beyond the opposition. Yeah, I imagine. Oh, look, no, no, look, that, that's not right. It, mate, the, the most exciting part is getting to game day, talking to the players two hours before the game, trying to motivate them, um, get them focused about what lies ahead, and then seeing it all unfold throughout the course of the day. I reckon it's hard to, to you know, I, I don't think you can look at any um, AFL coach and, and get a sense of them having a good time. Probably the only time I saw it before we got to finals last year I think it was Geelong playing West Coast and, and you know, Geelong were having a good day and Bomber Thompson in the last quarter sitting sitting in the box eating a sandwich. <laughs> would yeah, you eat a sandwich during a match or would you be choking on it, do you think? I actually, believe it or not, I actually finished up having about four or five cans of Coke uh, through the caffeine factor alone, uh, which keeps the, the hype up. Um, now, look, I actually know Mark Thompson pretty well, obviously, because I played with him, and sure. that actually wasn't done at half-time, and he wasn't too happy with that. Look, I guess you can afford to be relaxed if you've got such a great side like uh, Geelong are at the moment, um, but right at this very moment, when you're, when you're building, um, you, you tend to hang off a lot of things, um, but once again, the medium of the coach and about just pulling himself back into being a focus coach is what matters. 
How's Barry Mitchell going with the midfield? There's no yeah, doubt Aaron, and Aaron Sandlins is going to provide that midfield with plenty of opportunities. Um, do you think you put the things into place to ensure that they get the most out of it? Barry's five foot eight in stature. Aaron's seven foot two. So the interesting part is that I said to Barry, I said, whilst there's a distance between you and Aaron, you're actually giving up to a lot of the opposition what you're saying sometimes in the quarter time, three quarter time huddles because you're so far away. But they're getting on really well, and I think you're going to find that it's uh, particularly around stoppages and, and Aaron Tidout, etc., that we're going to actually um, achieve a lot better result than we did last year. Can you turn Subiaco? Oval back into the House of Pain. I think John Walsfold said he, he's not sure he can convince everyone to chant uh, for the full two hours. But what do you what do you need from fans to make Subiaco uh, a much less hospitable place than it's been the last couple of seasons? Yeah, uh, look, I think that that's what both teams have to do. There, there is there seems to be a, a changing of the guard in from the, the Melbourne based teams. They think that they're real. They've got a real opportunity now when they when they come over here. Now, in years gone by, that wasn't the case. There was always the fear factor of playing uh, West Coast or Fremantle on this big ground. That's what we need to get back to. And what you need with that is a fanatical supporter group behind you that are really um, getting behind the team firstly and then intimidating the opposition every time they go to do something. And would you also say to those fans that this is still a young side and keep that in mind? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, I think um, sometimes when you actually have a young side, that can bring the best out of the supporter because he knows he can see the team growing in stature through the eyes of the younger players and also the experienced players that are bringing him along. So I, I think that adds a different dimension to the way you support when you've got a young team. Well, it's the situation facing both West Australian clubs this year. We wish you all the very best, Mark Harvey. Thanks a lot, and uh, hope to see you there on Sunday. And make sure everyone's got plenty of purple on, and that in, in itself intimidates the Bulldogs. We'll make plenty of noise. Mark Harvey, the coach of the Fremantle Dockers.